The one thing is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Most people go through their days spending their time, not investing it. Most people have simply formed habits by default, not by design. The habits of our lives are like chains that are too loose to be noticed until they are too tight to be broken. You can decide your habits now, and that will decide your future. One of the most profound habits that I formed, the habit of priority, the habit of really understanding what matters most. The opportunity is to view the stuff that's on your plate like dominoes. Simply stand them up, then line them up, and be clear on what the first one is, and whack away at it first. When you knock that down day after day after day, over time, extraordinary things become possible. The path to getting everything you want starts by getting one thing at a time. Think big, go small, trust the dominoes will fall. Oh, baby, I am so excited to share this episode with you today and to introduce you all to Mr. Jeff Woods. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. We're breaking the rules today as Jeff is not an alum of Cutco Vector, but he's a friend of the company. And he's going to unpack some ideas today from one of the best-selling and most impactful personal development books of the past decade. Yes, I'm talking about The One Thing. Jeff partnered with the co-authors of the book, Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, to launch a company centered around sharing the one thing. Jeff himself has been featured in entrepreneur.com and is on a mission to help people better invest their time and achieve extraordinary results. This is our first foray into featuring people from outside the Cutco Vector community, and I'll be highly interested in receiving your feedback on this episode. From the time I first met Jeff Woods, I knew that I wanted to share his insights with this audience. Today is the day. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get started with Jeff Woods of The One Thing. Jeff Woods, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dan. My pleasure. Great to have you here. I've been looking forward to this uh, for a long time since we set this up. You are the first non-Cutco alumni special guest of the podcast, friend of Cutco, I guess. You I could love say. it. I love it. Yeah, great. We recently had our national uh, manager event just a, a couple weeks ago, and the book, The One Thing, was mentioned on multiple occasions during this event. And so I know that there's a lot of people in Cutco who are fans of the book. It's obviously a mega bestseller. How did you connect uh, with uh, Gary Keller and Jay Papasan and, and The One Thing? Sure. It's a crazy story. Prior to co-founding this company with Gary and Jay, I was in medical device sales. So I woke up every day and ran through hospitals. I sold a device that saved lives. I tried to get my wife to call me McDreamy. She was very good at saying no. <laughs> and... Um, you know, Dan, I think I was where a lot of people that you've come into contact with were, which is things in life are good and you feel like something's missing. I very much remember feeling like I was meant for more, yet I didn't know what it was and therefore did nothing about it. Two things in my life really changed that forced me to go down this path. First, a colleague of mine had a stroke. At the time, Dan, he was 35 years old. 
my wife and I had just bought a house in Orange County. We just had our first child. My wife decided to become a stay-at-home mom. And I remember standing in my kitchen asking if what happened to my colleague had happened to me, what would happen to my family? The very next week, my company changed our commission structure. They had to do some things to remain competitive in the marketplace. It was the right move for the business. The result, however, was I lost 40% of my income, which you mean you, you want to know the fastest way to piss off a sales rep, mess with their comp. <laughs> Right. So you you put those two things back to back, and all of a sudden, I had a new level of pain in my life, and it it forced me to ask some different questions. I came across you you know the Jim Rohn quote that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Of course. Yeah, I remember standing in my kitchen asking, "Who are my five? And I actually made a list. And when I looked at the list, I was overwhelmed with gratitude. I was like, "Oh my gosh, these are amazing people. They're dear friends. I always want them in my life." And that was the aha. They're dear friends. They were not mentors. I was missing people in my world who were already where I wanted to be. And that set me on a journey just to surround myself with mentors. You fast forward, it's our national sales meeting for my medical device company. And I walked into the ballroom and this image of the one thing was on stage. And on every single chair was the book that I see sitting on your shelf. Mm-hmm. One thing. And Jay Papazian, who co-authored the book with Gary Keller, walked out on stage. And for the next hour, he blew my mind. The whole time, I remember thinking, Dan, how do I get Jay to be one of my five? What could I possibly say to him to make him interested in me? What could I give him to make it worth his time? And when he finished, he got a standing ovation. When everybody else sat down, I was still standing. You ever had one of those moments in your life, Dan, where your mind is telling you to do one thing, yet your heart's pulling you in a different direction? Sure. It was one of those moments. My mind was saying, Jeff, just sit down. (laughs) My heart was saying, dude, you got to go. Run. And before you know it, I am literally running down the side of the ballroom and I intercepted Jay. And that began a conversation. What I did not know was the one thing had already become one of the highest rated business books of all time. And this created a problem because Gary's one thing is being chairman and CEO of Keller Williams, Williams, largest real estate company in the world. Jay's one thing is writing books with Gary. They were actively hunting for somebody whose one thing was the one thing. One thing. And that became my opportunity. So for the last five years, the three of us have co-founded and built a company that actually helps people better invest their time and achieve extraordinary results. Amazing. That's such a great story, Jeff. I love it. So cool. Well, tell us about uh, what the one thing is. Uh, you know, explain the concept a little bit. Sure. The one thing is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Now, there's a few things we need to point out there. We said surprisingly simple. Anybody who reads the book or listens to the One Thing podcast, it's not like these are earth-shattering ideas or complex. They're really simple, and They have a track record of delivering extraordinary results. This is not for people who want ordinary or average. These are for the people who are really out to achieve something extraordinary, which, you know, from the guys that I've formed relationships with in the Cutco world, they're cut from that cloth, right? They are are looking for something more out of life. So this resonates. And from a high level, Dan, we're talking about time. It's our most valuable resource. Here's the problem. Most people go through their days spending their time, not investing it. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a difference. When you invest your money, Dan, what do you expect? You expect a return. You expect a return. Yet, of all the people that you've mentored and coached, 
how many of them naturally show up holding their time to the same standard they hold their money to? Very few at first. Very few at first. And that's what this is about. And it's why we're in business. Everything is about changing the way people view their time. So they wake up and they invest it with an expectation of a return personally and professionally in that order. In that order. And the personally comes first. Yeah. Well, you and I both are friends with John Broman. I learned from him and it inspired me to become a family man with a business, mm-hmm. not a businessman with a family. Right. A lot of people say family matters most, but if we follow them around with a camera and document their every move, their actions say that business matters most. So when we talk about investing our time, I'm taught we are talking about teaching people to invest it with the expectation of a return personally and professionally. So where does that come from? Like how does somebody decipher that they're actually living in that manner? Three things. We call them the three C's clarity, control, and community. Most people actually lack clarity about what matters most. If we ask them what they want out of life, we get a deer in the headlights look. Every year we facilitate a couple's goal-setting retreat. This year we're doing it virtually. And one of the things that we facilitate with these couples or with these teams or individuals is fast forward someday from now, go out like 20 years. How will you know if you're successful in your life? (laughs) You know, that stops people dead in their tracks. Mm-hmm. They don't know. Yet the opportunity is to search for those answers. Most people, when they get asked a really big coaching question like that, they hit a wall of, I don't know, and they give up and go and check email. This is about actually searching for that clarity. And it's not about it being crystal clear. It's about it being directionally correct. Because once you have clarity, now you can actually start to become more appropriate in your moments. So a lot of this is about really understanding what are my priorities. When I wake up and I attack my business this week, what are my priorities? Not everything that I need to do. What's the 20% that drives 80% of my results? And within that 20%, what's the order of priority? If I could only do one thing this week, what would it be? Should I earn the right to focus on a second? What would it be? Should I earn the right to focus on a third? What would it be? Most people don't have that clarity. Mm -hmm. Once you have the clarity, then you can start to feel the sense of control with your time. I know a lot of people, especially if they work in a corporate space, feel like they always have to be in their email inbox. They feel like they have to go to every meeting. They feel like they have to say yes if somebody says, hey, you got a minute? And Dan, you ever had one of those days where you were super busy, but you looked up at the end of the day and you thought, I was busy. Did I get anything done? Sure. Yeah. That's what happens when we spend our time. So when we're clear about what our priorities are, then we can start to develop this sense of control of our time that, hey, these are my minutes. I get to decide how I'm going to invest them and when I'm going to invest them in the things that matter most and when I'm consciously going to say, now is a time that I'm going to be responsive to the channel of email. Now is the time that I'm available for meetings with other people. Now is the time that I can jump in and triage any of the customer needs that I might have. And now is the time that I get to say yes to my family and actually living my life outside of my business. It's that control. Mm -hmm. So when you get the clarity and you start to have control, the third thing that's missing is most people miss an element of community, an environment that supports 
their goals, mm-hmm. people surrounding them that hold them to the same high standard of did you invest your time or did you passively spend it? And if so, what can you do differently tomorrow? Brilliant. When you talked about the, the idea of control, that power to have control, I think about the importance of being able to say no and the importance of the, the idea that we can train people around us on the expectations that they should have for us. For example, if somebody sends me a text at 7 p.m., I'm probably not replying. You know, I'm probably having dinner with my kids at that point, and I'm going to reply. Most likely, I'm going to reply tomorrow, but I, I might reply later on tonight. But uh, it's a method of sort of training people that, hey, look, this can wait. If it's 7 p.m., send an email that I'll see the next day so the text doesn't get lost or, or whatever. Um, but, uh, but there are ways of training the people in our sphere uh, to help us to have that control that we have. And here's the thing. We are always training the people around us. Mm-hmm. But most people are training them by default, not by design. Mm. Every time somebody sends you a text message, and you reply quickly, you are training them that you are responsive to the channel of text message. Every time somebody sends you an email and you reply quickly, you are training them that you are the type of person who is responsive to email. And Dan, if people message you after business hours and you do not respond, you are training them that, hey, if you send him a message after 5.30 p.m. or whatever it is, he may not get back to you till the next day. And guess what? If it's really, really, really urgent and they sent you a message at 7 p.m. and you didn't respond, what would they then do? They'd probably try again to get, get a hold of you a different way, pick up the phone, call. That's right. You know, text somebody else that could help them. A lot of possibilities. They will find you. They will find yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So clarity, control, and community. That was great. Another concept that I really loved right that came right out of the bat in the book is the domino effect. <sighs> the idea that a domino can topple another domino that's 50% larger yeah. than it. And I figured out if, you know, if the first domino is two inches, the 25th domino could topple the building in Dubai, the tallest building in, in the world. Go. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, 18 dominoes in, you're knocking down the Leaning Tower of Pisa. 21 dominoes in, you're knocking over the Eiffel Tower. 31, you're 3,000 feet above Mount Everest. And 57 dominoes in, you could actually hit the moon. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. And and here's why we use this as a metaphor. The path to getting everything that we want in life, personally or professionally, is to get one thing at a time. And this means we have to think big about our lives, but actually go small. So small that it's like a two-inch little domino. And trust that the dominoes will fall. There was a group out of the Netherlands in 2009 that broke the world record. And I don't know about you, Dan. When I was a kid, I lined up dominoes, but I might have lined up like 25. This group lined up almost 4.5 million. (laughs) That's impressive on its own. But the most impressive part is what happened when that leader just effortlessly flicked their finger on the first domino. Because it ended up unleashing more than 94,000 joules of energy, which to put that into context, that's as much as it takes an average size male to drop and do 545 consecutive push-ups. Wow. So for those of you who are listening to this, do this with me right now. Go ahead and make your finger like you're about to flick a domino. Let's do it on three. One, two, three, flick. Okay. That much or that little effort created 
the amount of effort it would take you to drop and do 545 consecutive push-ups. Moral of the story is little things can have really big reactions. And you were just talking, Danny, if you actually knock a two-inch domino down, it can actually top one down 50% larger to the point that just 57 in, you could literally knock a structure down that would reach almost from the earth to the moon. And here's why this matters. When we look at our lives, professionally, personally, these big goals that we have, it doesn't come by doing everything. We don't just, you don't, the the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results is not look at all the stuff that's on your plate, work long, work hard, and try to get all done. That is not it. The opportunity is to view the stuff that's on your plate like dominoes. Mm -hmm. Simply stand them up, then line them up and be clear on what the first one is and whack away at it first. Mm. Be clear on what that one thing is. Control your time so you invest it in whacking away at that one thing first and have the support of the community around you so you can focus on that one thing. Because when you knock that down day after day after day, over time, extraordinary things become possible. So good. I really appreciate you get, getting into detail on that. That was awesome. And it, it, I think everybody can be thinking about, right, when they look at their week, when they look at their goals, mm-hmm. right, w- what is that sequence? Uh, in the book, it's described that everything, uh, extraordinary success is sequential, right? And be, I think people can really start to think about what is that sequence. And uh, it's also mentioned in there that uh, all things do not matter equally. Right. There are many things that matter a lot more, particularly, you know, in the short term, thinking about what is most important to get you to that next step that you want to get to. Right. Got a cool story about this. So my first 90 days of starting this company, I was being tested on three things. Like literally what we call a job description are the two to three things you have to do exceptionally well or you're fired. (laughs) Not everything you got to do. The two to three things you got to do or you're fired. And For me, that was I had to prove I could cast a vision, I had to prove I could drive revenue, and I had to prove I could recruit talent. And if I couldn't do those three things, I was fired, literally. So we start with vision. And I walked into the boardroom with Gary and Jay, and I had to present to each of them a copy of what what we call a GPS. A GPS is a one-page business plan because it's tough to be on the same page if your plan doesn't fit on the same page. Literally, it is a one-page business plan. And just like the GPS on your phone, you plug in where you want to go and it tells you how to get there. So it's clear on what the goal is. That's the G. What the priorities are, that's the P. And what the supporting strategies are, that's the S, GPS. Mm. So I handed Gary and Jay each a copy of my GPS. And we started talking about the first priority. Gary and Jay asked a bunch of questions. I answered them all and asked if we were good to move on. They said yes. About halfway through number two, Dan, Gary started asking more questions about priority number one. Hmm. I remember just thinking, oh, he must have forgotten. So I answered the questions and asked him, are we good? He said, yeah. So I went back to number two, finished it up, and started talking about number three. Guess what he did? Back to one again. Back to one again. And this was that moment where I felt like Ben Stiller and Meet the Parents with the circle of trust, specifically not being in it. (laughs) 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 Why does he keep going back to number one? And and all I could do is answer the questions. And I asked him, are we good? He said, yes. So I started talking about number three. And then he just stopped me. And he asked, Jeff, do you need to do number three in order to do number two? 
I said, no. He asked me, do you need to do number two in order to do number one? I said, no. He said, do me a favor. Draw a line between number one and number two. And I literally drew a line. And then he went, actually, even better, rip the page in half. I kid you not. He waited while I took my business plan and ripped it in half. And then he said something that really changed the way I view time. He said, don't even think about number two or number three until you've earned the right to Mm. by mastering number one. Here was my aha moment. My entire career leading up to this point, I treated everything like it mattered equally. Everything that was on my plate, if it was on my to-do list, I told myself that I had to get it done. But here was Gary saying, it's not of equal importance. In fact, if we walk into his office, you'd see on a piece of paper, I literally have it on the back of my shirt. It says, until my number one priority is done, everything else is a distraction. Right. And this is the opportunity that we have. And I'm, people in my world still struggle with this. They look at all the stuff that's on their plate and they say, I have to get it all done. So they start dividing their focus versus imagining them like dominoes. You would never line your dominoes up and just skip to the fourth one and hit that one first. You would always whack away at the first one first. Mm -hmm. Have clarity on what matters. Control your time and surround yourself with a community so that you can whack away at the one thing that matters most first before you earn the right to do anything else. That just sort of really gets me thinking about how I structure my days, how I structure my weeks. There's so many things where you could really apply this concept and just become so much better at uh, being productive and, and doing what matters most. How many rabbit holes do you want to dive down, my friend? <laughs> yeah, well, I wish we had time for a lot of rabbit holes. But anyway, um, you know, I've heard you say, Jeff, when I heard you speak, uh, people do not decide their futures. They decide oh. their habits and their habits decide their futures. Right? What do you feel are some of the most important habits that are universal for success across you know, most people? Mm-hmm. That's my favorite quote from the one thing. It's from F.M. Alexander. And it really is true. We don't decide our futures, but we do decide our habits and our habits do decide our futures. And I think there are certain habits that are, that are keystone habits, if you will, that kind of shine a light down in all these areas of your life. I think gratitude is one of them. But there are other ones as well. And I can say for me, one of the most profound habits that I formed, and I've seen this with thousands of people now inside our community, the habit of priority, the habit of really understanding what matters most. If you flipped the book over, on the back cover, you would see a question mark. Most books have like all these quotes from all these people about how great the book is. And Gary and Jay asked the question, when somebody finishes reading the one thing, what's the one thing we want them to do? And the answer was, they wanted you to ask, what's my one thing? In fact, the title of the book was almost called The Success Habit. Because asking that question, what's my one thing, as a habit is the success habit. Because when you literally stop and ask, out of all the things that are on my plate today, what's the one that matters most? You give yourself time to search for that answer because you're going to hit the wall of I don't know. And you come up with it. That makes it easier to then whack away at it. 
And when day after day after day, you're clear about the one thing that matters most and you start whacking away at the one thing that matters most, you start accomplishing the one thing that matters most. Mm-hmm. You accomplish the single most important thing every single day. You unleash extraordinary results in your life. Amazing. Uh, I like what you said about gratitude being an important habit. That's a recurring theme on this podcast for sure. And then that just that idea of prioritizing and getting into the habit of asking yourself on a daily basis, right? What is my one thing today? You know, as you're planning your weeks, right? What is my most important task to accomplish this week? Right. Um, and learning to prioritize those things to get that one thing done that it, it opens the doors for everything else to work better uh, right. when you focus on your activities in that order, in that manner. And this coming back to something you said earlier, Dan, people really struggle to say no. Mm-hmm. Struggle is real. But the reason people struggle to say no actually doesn't have a lot to do with saying no. It's they're not clear on what they should be saying yes to. Steve Jobs is actually a great example of this. When he came back as CEO from 1997 to 1999, he took the company from 350 active projects down to 10. He shut down 340 active initiatives, let alone saying no to every new opportunity that popped up. As a result of narrowing that focus and making it so clear that across the entire organization, these are the 10 things that we are going to say yes to. And if it is not this, it is a distraction. Because he had that level of focus, Apple went on to become one of the most valuable companies in the world. Mm -hmm. We have the exact same opportunity to recognize that the path to getting everything we want starts by getting one thing at a time. So think big. Imagine that big life, but go small. That two-inch domino that is so small that effortlessly with the flick of the finger, all the other dominoes will fall. Are your wheels turning, everyone? I trust that you are enjoying Jeff Wood so far. This episode is sponsored in part by Organifi. I'm excited to team up with this company and this product because it's really Cutco quality when it comes to superfood blends. I know much of this audience is health conscious, and maybe you've tried some superfood blends in the past. Most of the time, they taste nasty. I was introduced to Organifi's green juice blend a few years ago, and the first thing you notice is that it tastes great. Organifi uses the highest quality plant-based ingredients, and it's easy to use. You just mix a couple spoonfuls with water or your favorite beverage. You don't even need a blender. For about two to three bucks per day, you can have a great tasting, nutritious green juice containing 11 superfoods, stuff like moringa, spirulina, beets, turmeric, and other all natural organic ingredients. I'm not big on breakfast, so this is a great way to get some nutrition to get my day started. You can check out Organifi's green juice along with the full line of their products at organifi.com. That's O R G A. N-I-F-I dot com. You get 15% off everything that they carry by using the discount code CLSK. Those are the initials for changing lives, selling knives. I'm excited to bring on some sponsors that sell things I believe in and would use myself and that are of cut co quality 
Try out something from Organifi today and enter CLSK when you check out to get that discount on anything you order. Again, go to Organifi.com. Let's get back to Jeff Woods so we can learn how to actually implement the one thing concept in various areas of our lives. So let's talk a little bit about how to actually implement this and what you would suggest for the audience to be doing. Because I, you know, I always teach people that it's not what you know that makes you successful. It's what you do. And you've got to be able to implement uh, Mm -hmm. the things that you hear. So what are the steps for implementation for anybody who's listening to this? From a 10,000 foot level, identify your one thing, time block your one thing, protect your time block. Mm -hmm. Identify your one thing. Ask the focusing question. What's my one thing? That's the modified version. The full question is, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. You can rewind it if you need to hear it again. If you don't know what your one thing is, Dan, what do you think your one thing is? Figuring out your one thing. Figure out what your one thing is. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know what your one thing is for that day, your one thing is to figure out what your one thing is. So you identify your one thing. Okay, I'm going to ask the focusing question. I'm going to search. Now let me time block it. Let me schedule time with myself to do my one thing. And that could be as ridiculous as it sounds, you to schedule five minutes with yourself for you to ask the question, what's my one thing, and search for the answer. And when you show up for that time block, you protect it. You protect it like the air you breathe. And here's something that's cool. We already know how to do this. If you have ever gone to a movie before, congratulations, you know how to protect your time block. Dan, when we when in the crazy world when we used to go to movie theaters, what did we do before the movie started? Bought some snacks and sat down and watched the previews. What did we do with our phone? We put it away. <gasps> we, we didn't have them in the, in the old days, but uh, yeah, you put it away. So let's think about this. We identified a bunker. It's called a movie theater, an environment where we would do it. We stored provisions. We got the snacks, we got the water, we went to the bathroom before, we swept for mines, the things in the bunker that would likely blow up and take us off our focus, i.e. our phone, we put it on do not disturb, Yep. and we enlisted the support of the people around us saying, hey, I'm going to a movie, I'm not going to be available. We know how to say yes to a film, but we don't know how to say yes to ourselves. Powerful, powerful example. Yeah. So from a tactical standpoint... If you know what your one thing is, like for salespeople, it's to sell, it's to prospect, it's to lead generate. If I opened up your calendar, would I see time blocked for you to do it? And have you thought through the strategies so that you can protect that time block? It's actually mm-hmm. simple. So remember, surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Yet, just because it's simple does not Indeed. mean it's easy. Indeed. Indeed. You know, that the protecting your time block really like resonated with me. And, and the movie example is such a perfect example of, of exactly a place where everybody can relate to mm-hmm. you. You're spending two hours doing one thing and you're not going to be looking at your text messages or your phone or any other distractions. You're just going to focus on what's in front of you in that moment. And if everybody could even just do two hours a day of protected time block, that my, I don't think most people even do that. That would be a good start for a lot of people to be able to move their days towards being more productive and, and you know, accomplishing more of their goals. And I have for adjustment there? Two hours would be amazing. That's not the start. That's thinking big and acting big. Because mm-hmm. most people 
cannot block and truly protect two hours. It's too big. It's like an 18th domino. The 18th domino can knock over the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And for anybody who has seen the Leaning Tower, it is in fact leaning. Yet if you tried to push it over, would it fall? No. And that's what happens. We pick these, these activities that we think are our one thing, but they're too big. And day after day after day, we ram our head against the wall and wonder why it's not falling. And because it's not small enough. Hmm. Dan, it could start with, can you go into a time block for five minutes? And for five minutes, shut down your email. I'm not saying minimize it. I'm saying hard shutdown. For five minutes, put your phone on do not disturb. For five minutes, if your kids come into your office, say daddy or mommy is in a time block doing their one thing, can you support me and give me five minutes? And everybody's listening and going, yeah, I could do that. Cool. Prove it. Do it today. And then do it again tomorrow. And then do it again the next day. And pretty soon you're going to normalize the five minutes and it's going to expand to 10 minutes. And you'll normalize the 10 and it'll expand to 15. You'll normalize the 15, it'll expand to 30. It'll expand to an hour. It'll expand to two. It could expand to three. The path to getting everything you want starts by getting one thing at a time. Think big, go small. Trust the dominoes will fall. Another just brilliant example that just really resonates and and i'm sure that people could think about that idea of the five minutes anybody can say yes to that and uh, and how that builds into what's next and what's next you've described jeff that when you when you probe for your one thing that there's sort of a gravity of years of habits of beliefs that holds you back um, what, what would be a key to overcoming that that gravity that's pulling you down I think we have to realize this is very much a mindset of mastery. I think a lot of us have formed beliefs and habits that were protective and served us for a period of our life that may no longer be serving us. I think there's something to acknowledging where something that might have served you in the past may now limiting you. And being the type of person who follows a path of mastery is a person who never arrives. You are constantly asking, where am I the master and where am I still the student? What do I have yet to learn? How might I improve and take this to the next level? And recognizing everything that's happened up to date, great. Be grateful for it. And it doesn't define you because you can decide your habits now and that will decide your future. Most people have simply formed habits by default, not by design. And I think Warren Buffett said it really well, that the habits of our lives are like chains that are too loose to be noticed until they are too tight to be broken. Mm. I'll say that again. The habits of our lives are like chains that are too loose to be noticed until they are too tight to be broken. Mm. Wherever you are at right now, whatever gravity you are experiencing, Ask the question, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? And search for an answer. I promise if you give yourself the space, you will come up with an answer. And when you get that answer, ask the question, is this a lead domino? 
Is this two inches that effortlessly I can knock it down? Most people, the answer is going to be no. So ask the question again, well, what's one thing I can do that would make doing that easier or necessary? Search for an answer. And when you get one, ask, is this a lead domino? Probably not. Go smaller. And keep asking that question until you arrive at a lead domino that is so small, it would almost feel like it's cheating. That's when you know you've got the right one thing. Does it make sense, Jeff, to apply this concept in different areas of life? Like, sure. can someone think about what would be my one thing for health and fitness and, and simultaneously think about what would be my one thing for finances and improving my finances? Yep. Page 114 of the books, the seven circles, spirituality, because every single one of us is going to wonder why we're here, your physical health, because if you don't have your body, where are you going to live? You got your personal life, the hobbies, the things that make you the best version of yourself. You got your key relationships your job, your business, and your finances. You can aim the focusing question at all seven of the circles, and the answers might be different. The mistake is to believe that you can move the needle in all of them simultaneously. It's sequentially, one at a time. And we really challenge people. I went through this myself where I was like, all right, I need to transform these four areas of my life. And Jay was like, yeah, remind me, what, what's the name of the book again? <laughs> The one thing. Right. Make your stand around one area and prove to yourself that you can really knock the dominoes down in one area first. Not to say you don't do anything else, but make the measure of success that one area and start to unleash a domino effect in that area of your life. And then it starts to shine down in all the other areas. That was great. Awesome. Uh, Jeff, if people want to dive into this concept uh, more deeply, uh, what are some resources that you can provide? Yeah, appreciate it, Dan. The, the first, you're already listening to a podcast. So whatever player you are using, click the search button and type in the one thing. The O-N-E-T-H-I-N-G. Our podcast is in the top 5% of podcasts in the world. And every week we feature people who are living it so that you can start living it better yourself. If you want to check out the website, it's the one thing.com. And that's with the number one instead of it being spelled out. It's the one, the number one thing.com. I would, I would strongly encourage you to go to the training tab. Just knowing what I know about the people inside the Cutco world, they're action takers. If you go to the training tab, I would look there. Um, we've got one of the best things we do is our couples goal setting retreat, which should be right at the top of the page right now. And we've got a retreat just for couples. Then we've got a retreat for individuals and teams. But when we talk about casting that someday vision for your life, like 20 plus years out, you do that. And then it's setting clear five-year goals, one-year goals, all the way down to the point that you know exactly what you got to do this week to be on track. Awesome. We'll link to those resources in our show notes and also to the uh, retreat and the, the date and time and everything. We'll put that all in there so everybody can find that easily and uh, can be able to participate and get more value from you and from your team. Uh, last question, Jeff. The theme of our podcast is changing lives. And I'm just curious, as you look into your own future... Uh, how do you aspire to change people's lives through your work or through your influence? I feel really honored that I actually get to say I get to wake up every day and live my purpose. For me, I've discovered that sharing ideas that change what people think is possible is why I'm here. And I get to do that every day because we literally change the way people view time. We literally help individuals and entire organizations actually start investing their time and expecting a return personally and professionally. And I pinch myself that I get to do this every day. 
It's so cool that you do. I, I remember getting to see you speak in 2019 in San Diego and the crowd was enraptured. Everybody was loving it. People got super high value. How's it, it? it? Yes. Yes. It just must feel so good uh, that you know people are getting a ton of value from what you're sharing. You're really impacting them. You're really, really changing lives through what you do. And it, it's awesome to see. And I, I very much appreciate being able to have you here for the podcast, Jeff. Thanks, Dan. My pleasure. Awesome. Wow. Jeff Woods, everybody. I love the concept of thinking big, but starting small. The focusing question in the One Thing book is, what's the one thing that I can do that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? It's important to probe for this one thing and to ask yourself questions. Ask yourself, what else? Ask yourself, why? Ask yourself, what comes before that as you're probing for that one thing? so that you can really narrow down your focus. Extraordinary results, Jeff said, are determined by how narrow you can make your focus. And I really love the idea of making a stand around one area, right? All things do not matter equally. And so what's most important in your life to make your one thing? And then again, start small. Start small to knock that first domino over, to flick that first domino over. Identify your one thing and then time block your one thing. These are concepts we've heard, time blocking, right? But then protect your time block, right? The same way we would if we were going to a movie and you know it's going to be two hours and you're watching the movie. You're not looking at your phone. You're not doing other things, right? You're focused on the one thing in that moment. So Jeff described how first we gain clarity and the importance of that clarity, determining what is our one thing. Then we develop control and control comes through small habits daily, learning to protect our time block, learning to say no, training our colleagues and associates and people around us, right? What to expect from us. I think it's okay for you to respond to something a day later if people have that expectation that that's how you operate during certain times. It's not always that we're like that, but I think that's okay. And then the third C Jeff described is community, gradually developing an environment that supports your goals. It's so important to probe for your one thing until you find something that's literally so easy to do. The doing part should be easy. And in the way you make the doing part easy is through the probing to figure out what that is. The probing is the hard part. Uh, in the book, it's described that a rocket uses 70% of its fuel in the first few minutes of flight. And why? Well, it has to overcome gravity, right? And it's similar in probing for your one thing. There's a lot of gravity of past habits. There's a lot of gravity of old beliefs that is so strong. I often hear people say something like, well, that's just how I am, right? Well, listen, if that's not serving you, then I suggest you quit being that way. And you can quit being that way today with a decision. We are not fixed. Don't ever let yourself get caught in that crap of being stuck 
who you were if that's at the expense of who you want to be or the kind of person that would help you fulfill your objectives and live a happier life. You know, I also made a note while Jeff was speaking. I wrote down, mastery never arrives. And I think it's important to always be learning and always be developing. And, and that's what keeps us realizing we can evolve, we can change, and what keeps us inspired and motivated to evolve and to change. I really found it interesting that Jeff made a list of his five people, right? The five people we spend the most time around and realized that they were friends and not mentors and that he needed to expand the influence he was receiving and find mentors. And that's what got him around Jay Papasan and ultimately Gary Keller and eventually partnering with them to found the One Thing Company. And so think about right now, who are the mentors that you could get around in your life? And reach out in much the same way Jeff did. He took a chance. He reached out, connected, right? Who are the mentors that you could get around in your life and, and reach out and ask for their influence? Sometimes it could be direct influence. Other times it could be in a manner such as this, where you're listening to a podcast and you're gaining influence from someone that can be positive and powerful in your life. Hey, everyone, I want to know, what did you think of Jeff Woods? This is the first ever non-Cutco alum that we featured on the podcast. Uh, he came highly suggested and is a friend of Cutco. And I thought, hey, you know what? Let's put this guy in here. This is going to be of high value to our audience. Did you like it? Do you want to hear more people from outside of the Cutco sphere? Go to changinglivespodcast.com locate Jeff Woods episode and click on show notes or, or listen now and go down to the bottom and there's space you can write in some feedback about this episode or most of you know how to reach me through social media. Feel free to let me know what you thought of Jeff Woods. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast, for supporting it. As always, you know, please give us a rating and a review on your podcast player if you have not already done so. We could use more of those to expand the reach of the podcast. And if you liked Jeff Woods today, who are the five people in your life that are on your list of five? Shoot, share this with them right now. You may be a mentor for one of them. You could be passing along some valuable information that could help somebody else. Send them a link to this podcast, get them to listen, encourage them. And I really do appreciate all of the support that our listeners provide here on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.